Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Welcome them and tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. And then you can be seated. Well, Merry Christmas. And a happy new year, yeah, yeah. Uh, or if you've been in Walmart lately, happy Valentine's Day. <sighs> What's up with that? They've already got their decorations out. I can't believe it, but we're glad that you're here. Uh, I'm going to mess up at some point in this message and say uh, something about this morning because uh, we're used to gathering in the mornings and not at night, so you'll just have to pardon me, but uh, it's gl- it's, we're glad to see you this evening. Uh, we're doing this on purpose. Uh, For those of you that are not with us on a regular basis, we just finished a series about three weeks ago called Family Matters, and I kind of think it's hypocritical to talk about family matters and then try to pull you away from your family on Christmas morning. So we're doing Christmas tonight. All right, so a little bit different. We're doing that on purpose. Um, We've uh, been talking over the last three weeks that, uh, and I know you're going to find this out, if you, how many of you have already done Christmas, already unwrapped all your gifts? Raise your hand. Oh, Oh, you heathens, you got to wait till at least Christmas Eve, right? Okay, so if you don't know it yet, you will know it by tomorrow and then certainly by Sunday morning. And that is this truth that we've discovered, the wrappings don't matter, all right? Uh, you can spend hour upon hour upon hour upon hour getting all the paper just right, get the bows just right, or uh, you can save all that time and wrap presents like Aaron, Aaron Palacios did last Sunday morning which was an atrocity. It was, it was a, a crime against humanity. Um, but really, the reason he can do that and get away with it is because the wrappings don't matter, right? We want the contents. Well, what we've tried to do over the last three weeks and what we're going to continue and finish tonight is to pay a little attention to the wrappings because Jesus came wrapped. Uh, we've talked about these things, that Jesus came wrapped in humanity. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He could not be with us if he was not like us. So he was wrapped in skin, and I'm thankful for that. He was also wrapped in humility. He came from a back street, back alley town. I, I said to you that Jesus was one of the original back street boys. He, he, he came from a town that nobody would recognize, that everybody overlooked, but it was part of the plan. He came wrapped in humility. And when people look to us to see Jesus, we must also be wrapped in humility. And then last week we talked about the fact that Jesus was wrapped in hope. He is the hope of the world. So tonight I want us to go one step further as we celebrate his birth together. And I want you to join me. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah. I'm going to read this rather than, uh, we've already heard the Christmas story. So let's back up and hear the Christmas story prophesied before it ever happened. Isaiah chapter 53, beginning in verse 1. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? 
The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling. I like Jesus because he was scrawny. A, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him. Nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over. A man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him our sins. He took the punishment and made that made us whole. Through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way, and God has piled all of our sins, everything we've done wrong on him, on him. He was beaten. He was tortured, but he didn't say a word. Like a lamb to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried and he was led off. And, he, and, and did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked. They threw him in the grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it's what God had in mind all along, to crush him with pain. The pain that he... The pain was that he give himself as an offering. The plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin, so that he'd see life come from it, life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. That is the Christmas story. Long before the account that we've come to write carols about and create cartoons about and dress it up on our little mantle and find porcelain and, and clean it all up and romanticize it. That is the Christmas account told long ago. The prophet Isaiah gives us a glimpse in this, this prophetic utterance that he gives all these hundreds of years before Jesus ever comes to Bethlehem. Isaiah rolls out this prophecy and he is literally telling us, giving us a glimpse of Jesus' job description. This is what Jesus came to do. And so he makes it very clear, Isaiah makes it extremely clear that Jesus was wrapped in help. He was wrapped in help. In fact, if you read the prophecy carefully, what you discover is that, the, that Isaiah informs us that Jesus would be wrapped in two specific kinds of help. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. The two specific kinds of help that Jesus was wrapped in. The first was this. Jesus was wrapped in healing help. Uh, he, Isaiah says it like this. He says, Jesus will be bruised for our healing. He will be beaten for our brokenness. Then Micah comes along uh, later and he begins to prophesy. And he says the son of righteousness will rise with healing 
in his wings. What, what, what was, was Jesus a chicken? What, 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 what's this wing stuff? And then we fast forward into the New Testament and you know the account of the woman with the issue of blood who had sickness in her body and she presses through the crowd and we read it like this and she grabbed the hem of his garment but most likely what she actually grabbed was one of the tassels hanging off of Jesus' prayer shawl which by the way are called wings. Yeah, they still wear them. You can get them all over Israel. And they still wear them as they're praying. And, and those, those tassels are hanging off. And so even before he arrived on the scene, Isaiah declares about Jesus that he will be wrapped in healing help. Then Jesus shows up. And in Luke, he stands up in the temple for himself. And he declares, he rereads, re, repositions the prophecy. And he says, I have arrived. I'm here. It was a drop the mic moment. Jesus says, I'm the one he was prophesying about. And he says this about himself. He says, I am here to bring recovery of sight to the blind. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm wrapped in healing. I'm wrapped in healing. He didn't just come to be a deliverer. He came to be a doctor. In fact, he said, I came for those that are sick. Those that are healthy don't need a doctor. Those that are sick need the doctor. And here I am. I am the great physician. I am right here, right now. By my stripes you will be healed. I will be bruised for your healing. That's what he's saying. And so Paul comes along and he writes... In, the, in Hebrews, many believe that Paul wrote Hebrews, and he, and he says that we have a high priest that has been touched by even the feelings of our infirmities. I, that, that's, a, that's a new level that many of us don't ever grasp. We, we, we have this knowledge that by his stripes we are healed, but, but the writer of Hebrews goes even one step further and says he even understands how we feel when we don't feel good. That ought to make you happy tonight because the good news tonight is that Jesus can help with healing. In his quest to restore relationship, I am so thankful tonight that Jesus did more than just take into account our physical or our spiritual uh, being, but he also took into account our physical being and he provides healing for us. Jesus was wrapped and is still wrapped today in healing. And so... The question that I need to ask you then is if he came to heal what was wrong with us, what's wrong with you? And don't answer that for the person that's to you, okay? We're trying to keep peace right before Christmas, all right? Uh, uh, what's wrong with you? What physical uh, situation is going on in your life? That, 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 that's an extremely important question. What is wrong with you? The answer is important too, but, but let me chance offending you for just a moment and make this statement. If I ask you what's wrong with you and you can give me the list, may, may I, with, with respect can I say the answer doesn't really matter? It doesn't really matter whether you say, uh, my issue is I have cancer. My issue is I have stress. My issue is I have shingles. My, my issue is I have heart issues. My issue is I have stomach the answer doesn't matter. What matters is that he was wrapped in healing and he still heals today. So his response is the same. 
regardless of your answer, regardless of your response, his response does not change. His response in, in light of whatever ailment, whatever infirmity, whatever feeling you're struggling with, his response remains the same. Here it is. I can help. I can handle it. So the, the, the writer of uh, the, the prophetic word says that he's wrapped in healing for us. But, but there's a second kind of help that he also mentions. Because he does mention our physical healing. But he also talks about a different kind of help. And, and, and this evening I want to tell you that there's this kind of help too. There's not just healing help. There's hell help. Okay. Uh, let, let, me, let me see if I can help you tonight. Because the prophet talks about two types of hell in his prophecy. Because see, what we do, and we'll get there, but in our own minds, what we do is we rush forward to like what we know about hell, which is like flames and, and, and hot and burning and screaming, right? We're going to get there. But, but the prophet deals with two types of hell. He, he, he says that the baby that will come and be born will be born to take our pain, one version says he came to bear our sufferings. He, in other words, is equipped to handle the hell that we call pain. Uh, I, I want you to notice something. Pain, pain in, in this account that I read to you, pain is not qualified. It, it, it is not given any definition. It just says pain, that, that the, the Savior will come and he will wrap, be wrapped in hell help and, and, and pain can be hell and, and, and can be tormenting. But he says, I can help you with that. And he doesn't qualify it. That means the pain can be relationship pain. That means the pain can be emotional pain. That means the pain can be family-caused pain. That means the pain can be friend-caused pain. That means the pain can be self-inflicted pain. That means that it could be choice pain. I did something and now I'm bearing the consequences and it's causing me pain. There's no qualification. He simply says, I can help with the hell called pain. Jesus has the ability to handle our pain. See, David made a statement about God that is then fleshed out in Jesus. When Jesus was born, he fulfills all these things that were said. But David makes this statement, and Jesus bears it out. He says, God is close to those that are brokenhearted and crushed in their spirit. That's pain. Anybody ever been brokenhearted? Ever, anybody ever been crushed in your spirit? That, that's pain. And David says, God can handle that kind of pain. He can, he's the, God is his, the closest when you're going through those kind of things. David goes on and he makes this statement about God too that's fleshed out in Jesus. He says that God is a very present help in the time of trouble. If you've never had any trouble, then you don't even understand what I'm talking about. And, and I'm glad for you. But for all the rest of us in the room that have experienced and encountered pain, it is nice to know that the one that came as a baby was wrapped in the ability to handle the hell called pain in our life. When we're struggling with trouble, when we're struggling with heartache, when we're struggling with brokenness, it's nice to know that a Savior came. That knows how to handle those kind of things. See, the good news this, night, this evening is this, is that you can encounter the one who is wrapped in help. In fact, I want to say this to you tonight. It doesn't matter. Don't try to qualify. Well, you don't understand how much pain I have. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't know what I've endured. 
but the answer, the, the list is not important because here's the truth. Your pain cannot stand up to his presence. And your pain cannot handle his power because he's wrapped in help. But there's another kind of hell. This hell is even more severe and stronger even than pain. This hell is the hell called sin. See, pain hurts, but it's momentary. Pain hurts. You say, well, Steve, my, my pain doesn't go away. It's, it, it lasts all my life. I've been in pain all my life. But one day will come when the pain will end. It's momentary. But there is another kind of hell that lasts for eternity. And so we can say that the, the pain of sin is greater than the pain, the, the, the hell of pain because pain will come to an end one day. But the, the hell of sin can last eternity. The prophet declares that the baby will be wrapped in help. The truth is, is that he was born for one purpose and one purpose only. It can very accurately be said tonight that Jesus came for the sole purpose of dying. I, I know that the account of Christmas is more attractive and more glamorized than the picture of him on a cross. And I recognize that, that we, we, we celebrate the birth. But it is absolutely essential to understand that if Jesus was only born but didn't die, then his birth would have left us hopeless and helpless. He came wrapped in help because he came to die. Paul said it like this. He said, the wages of sin is death. No exceptions, no negotiations, no favoritism. Sin is the equal opportunity executioner. Our sin produces our death. And then he says this, we all fall short of the glory of God. In other words, there's no way to reach God. There's no way to impress God. There's no way to change the guilty verdict. There's no way to bridge the divide between me and my Father. There's no way for me to span that gap, to, to bridge that chasm. Paul says we've all fallen. Isaiah said it like this, like sheep, we've all gone astray. I know y'all look all nice and cleaned up tonight, but let's be real honest with one another. We've all, like sheep, gone astray. Anybody else in the room? Maybe I just need to testify. The problem is, is if I testify, then you won't listen to me anymore. Right? But we all have experienced the hell of sin. But the greatest news that I can share with you on the eve of Christmas Eve is the news that Isaiah brought when he says this. He says, He took the punishment and that made us whole. God has piled all our sins, everything. Do you know what everything means, means in, in, not Greek, <laughs> Hebrew? You know what everything means? Everything. Okay, I just want to make sure y'all still with me. All means all. Everything means everything. Well, nobody knows about what I did. Everything. My family won't talk to me because of what I did. Everything. 
People hate me because of what I did. Everything. It says, God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong on Him. And then to make sure that we knew who it went on, He says it again, on Him. Because He knew we couldn't handle it ourselves. In spite of how much sin you are wrapped in, He is wrapped in help. See, Paul makes this statement. He says the wages of sin is death. But we need to finish the statement because that's an incomplete statement. That's the first part. Paul understood that Jesus came wrapped in hell help. And he says the wages of sin is death. But, do I even need to say anything about the word but? But, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In other words, Paul is literally saying that baby that came that was wrapped in the manger that we sing the carols about, I'm thankful for him because without him, all I was going to experience was hell. But because of him, I can experience help. And I can be placed in right relationship with him. So I'm thankful this evening that Jesus was wrapped in help. He was wrapped in healing help. So if you're in pain tonight, physical pain, sickness, doctors may have said, I don't, can't do nothing else. It's, it's over. I... Good news. He can help. You may say, Steve, well, mine's not like that. My, mine is pain. I'm, I'm in pain. I'm, I made some choices I shouldn't have made. I did some things I shouldn't have done. I, somebody did me wrong. Somebody dealt me a bad hand. Somebody turned their back on me. Somebody, I feel like I'm living right in the middle of hell. Brokenness and dreams are shattered. And he can help. He can help. But the greatest one is this, is if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus and, and because of that you find yourself now you are overwhelmed with sin. You've tried to handle it all by yourself. The bad news is you're never going to fix it. Well, I'm just going to wait to come to God when I get good enough. Newsflash. You're never going to get good enough. Because we can't pull this off on our own. We don't have the ability. We do not have the ability to do this on our own. That's why Jesus came. And that's why tonight I get to offer you the greatest gift you'll ever receive in your entire life. Right relationship with the Father through Jesus and what he did on the cross. He can help answer the question of hell in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just between you and me and the Father above. If you're here tonight and you'd say, Steve, I'm sick in my physical body. I, I, I need to be healed. I, I need the great physician to touch my life. I need a healing touch. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? You can pull it right back down. Yeah, several, several hands. Yes. Several hands. Doesn't matter how bad or 
can we do this together? Would you just reach over and take either the hand of the person next to you or maybe, maybe you would feel more comfortable just laying your hand on their shoulder. Either way is fine. We're going to pray there first. Father, we simply lay claim to the promises of your word. Your word declares that Jesus came and was beaten for my healing. And so, Father, right now, I pray for my brother or my sister on either side that struggling with physical needs right now, they, they've done all that they know to do, and now they need a touch from you. God, I pray in this moment right now, the healing touch of Jesus would flow. And I pray that sickness would be healed. I pray that cancers would dry up. I pray that, that stomach issues would be resolved. I pray that, that, that breathing issues would be resolved. I pray that headaches would be gone and sugar levels would be adjusted. God, I pray in the name of Jesus right now, we claim, we claim, we claim healing. We know you were wrapped in healing power. So Jesus, I pray that in this moment right now we would experience the healing touch of your power and we would know without a shadow of a doubt that it was because of you I ask you to do that in Jesus name with your head still bowed if there's one that would say Steve I'm, I'm experiencing pain this is, this is beyond just physical pain I'm experiencing significant pain in my life, a broken relationship, a heart, your heart's broken, uh, dreams have been crushed. You're just, you're just in the middle of hell. Pain. You don't know what you're going to do. You're desperate. If that's you, could you just raise your hand and pull it right back down? Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. Father, I'm thankful tonight that you sent your son Jesus and that he was strong enough to handle our pain. I'm thankful tonight that your word declares that you're the closest when we're brokenhearted and when we're crushed in our spirits. I'm thankful that your word declares that you are a very present help in the time of need. I'm thankful tonight that your son is the fulfillment of you being a strong tower that I can run to and be saved. And so, Father, I pray tonight that those that raise their hands that are living right in the middle of pain, confusion, heartache, brokenness, there are days they want to stay in bed and pull the covers up over their head and never get up. I pray that right now that strength would invade their lives and that you would help them to endure till the end. And I pray that they would have a new perspective on what you are doing in their life and they would be able to trace your purpose in their pain. And it may not be any more comfortable and it may not be any more enjoyable, but I pray that they would recognize, just like Isaiah said about your son, that it's part of the plan and it's the, the, the purpose of the pain is to get them to a specific place in life and without it, they would not be able to arrive where you want them to arrive. I pray that they would become strong and I pray that they would remain courageous and I pray that they would not give up. I ask that 
in Jesus' name. One last time, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here this evening and you say, Steve, I am dealing with a different kind of hell. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. And the truth is tonight that I don't have a relationship with the Father. And I want to make everything right with Him. And I've heard you talk about the greatest gift that I could experience, and it's the love of Jesus and a right relationship with the Father because of Him. If that's you tonight, we will not embarrass you. We simply will pray, and we will put materials in your hand so that you can grow in this journey that you're on with Him. We all have to do this sometime. He is the only one that can handle our sin. If you're here tonight, and you would like to ask Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of your life, to handle your sin, would you just raise your hand? You can pull it right back down. There's one, anyone else that would say, I need to know Jesus and make this right with him. Would you help me pray? Jesus, tonight, we we recognize that we cannot have relationship with the Father except through you. I'm thankful that you were strong enough righteous enough, holy enough, pure enough to handle our sin once and for all. We have a part to play. The part we play is we acknowledge who you are. You are the son of the living God. We acknowledge the sacrifice that you made. You came and you died on a cross for me. We honor that. We submit to you. So Jesus, we ask you to become the Lord and the Savior of our life right now. We give you complete and total control of our life. We quit trying to handle all this on our own. And instead, we allow you to handle what we are not equipped to handle. Save us, we pray. We rest in the fact that you are a saving God. And on this Christmas Eve Eve, the greatest gift we've ever known and will ever know is your son Jesus and we're thankful tonight for his grace and his mercy and we give you glory for sons and daughters who are coming home and everybody said amen aren't you thankful for Jesus' mercy and his grace well in John chapter 8 we saw it on the video as we began tonight Jesus talks about the fact that he is the light of the world it's really a word picture he's literally painting for us a picture with words he says I'm the light of the world why, why choose the light of the world I think it's I think it's a picture that he's trying to show us that against the darkness contrasted against the darkness of our world and the sin of our world and the hopelessness of our world. Jesus says, I'm the light. What's he saying? He's saying, look, I'm wrapped in help. I've got light for you on your journey. So tonight, what we're going to do to celebrate the light that has come into our heart is you each should have received a candle. And tonight, we're going to light those candles. But we're going to do it a little bit different. I want us to do this. You're going to, some of you will light your own candles. You'll understand here in just a second. Probably those down front because they got the good seats. 
they'll get here first. But what I want us to do is I want us to light our candle. It doesn't matter whether you light it or somebody else lights it here in a second, but you'll understand. We're going to light it to celebrate the fact that Jesus came wrapped in help. That my life was dark, but he brought help. Here's the deal. The privilege of knowing him as the light of the world also comes with responsibility. And the responsibility is is that once we've experienced the light, we have the responsibility to share the light. And so this is how we're going to do this. Uh, there are candles across the front, so we'll see who gets here first. But, but we're going to light our candle, and then once you've lit your candle, you can do one of two things. If there's one of these candles that's not lit, you're more than welcome to light it. But if they're all lit, then would you find someone in the congregation that hasn't made their way up here and light their candle? Saying to them, I've experienced light, and I'm going to help you experience light. This is a picture of what we're going to do in this coming year. We're going to share the light. So as they sing, would you come and light your candle or let someone light your candle as we celebrate the light of the world tonight?
Father, this year, as we open a new year in the coming days, I pray that we would be reminded that we're not alone. I pray that we would recognize that your light goes before us and that we have a responsibility and an honor, a privilege to share that life with others. I pray that you would give us opportunities, even in the coming days, that we would be able to share your light, that we would recognize that we're not alone but that you're sending us to other people so they won't be alone either. God, I pray your blessings over your people. I pray that they would shine brightly. I pray that they would reflect your glory. That they would impact those around them for your honor. And Father, as you sent your son wrapped in help, I pray that you would now, as he is wrapped up in us, I pray that we would too be people that would help. Enable us to find new ways to help those around us. And Father, we'll be quick to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You may it's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.